Hello, everybody. Welcome to WTS 216. My name is Danny Murray. I'm Graham Merrigan. 216. Here we go. Right. How are you, Graham? Good. Yeah, good. It's been it's been a it's been a mad week. Um, yeah. I was um I've we get this every couple of months, and I hadn't got it in a while. And wearing masks in, in the supermarket, you don't tend to know who's talking to you or see who's talking to you. So I was in the ESO garage uh, on Tuesday evening and someone says to me, how are you, Mero? Uh, how are things? And I was like, all right. And and I was like, who is that? As if there's like, if they're saying hello to me, I was thinking, surely I know them. But he was just the listener of the podcast. And he says, oh, no, you don't know me. I just listen to the podcast. It's a great. And I was like, oh, Jesus, thanks very much. Lovely. And I haven't got that in a while, but like, yeah, we still, have, we still have random listeners out there. And I got a message today as well of someone on Instagram who followed me and sent me a message to say, hey, listen to your podcast. It was recommended a few months ago. And uh, I've gone back on all old episodes. And I was like, Jesus, thanks so much for the message. Love it. I love so, that kind of stuff. People. I didn't yeah. get the lad's name in the SO, but thank you. And the guy that messaged me was name was Kevin. So thanks, Kevin. Yeah, thanks, thanks for those lads. And and if if you like what you hear, lads, tell a friend. Uh, and you know, tell us as well because uh, we love our egos being massaged. So absolutely. Um, yeah. So look, this this episode's a little bit different. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we kind of toyed with the idea of doing something. Look, Dublin was going into a, a more restricted lockdown. Um, you know. Businesses are struggling. Everyone's struggling. Some people have had to go back on the pandemic employment payment thing. And we just kind of felt as though, you know, for, for five years, we've tried to use this podcast to bring a bit of Ballybrack to the world and bring a bit of the world to Ballybrack. And in in the process of doing that, we've, you know, done lots of stuff for local people. But local people have done lots of stuff for us. So we said, look, we'll use the podcast. We'll plug a few places that we love. And we'll also talk to somebody who's local enough, he's from Roundwood, uh, and we'll get him to tell his story around COVID. Um, so what way do you want to do it for us, Meryl? we plug a few places for us, then, then chat to Mark, or we just get it all done and then... Uh, just just plug the places now, and, and then, right. then we'll talk to Mark, yeah. All right. So, Graham, if you were... You're working from home at the moment, aren't you? Yeah. If you want to treat yourself to a little, a little bit of snackage for lunch one day, where would you go to? Oh God! <laughs> to me kitchen? No, like if you were to like you're treating yourself here. It's payday. You decide I'm gonna I'm gonna go up the road and grab myself a nice a nice bit of lunch somewhere. Danny, we never rehearsed this. What do I, I know, say? I know we didn't, Graham. This is, I'm just looking to see where you'd go if somebody said to you, "I'd love to go for a nice a nice sandwich or or a, or a cup of coffee." Where where would you go? Spar. Spar. You'd go to. Is there even a spar in the village? And now I'd go to Spar in Shankill or Glenagiri. Spar in Glenagiri, yeah, that's a good Spar, yeah. all right. Yeah, I'd go to like Cafe. I'd go to Cafe Solo myself now. Ah, yeah, no, I'd go to Cafe Solo too in Kalini Shopping Centre. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they do. Actually, the Carnation Wrap in in Cafe Solo in Kalini is. What's a Carnation Wrap? Uh, Carnation Chicken. It's chicken, obviously, right? And the wrap is toasted, but the chicken is in this kind of creamy kind of curried mayonnaise oh, and it's wow. it is sensational and you get that with a few chips and taste boards do explode man 
I love cafe soup. Yeah, yeah, big fan of cafe soup. It's probably second only to funeral soup. Yeah, no, funeral soup's the best. Yeah, you won't get yeah. better than funeral soup. Yeah, funeral, veg- funeral vegetable soup is to die for. It, oh, it, Jesus, I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that, that tends to be how the soup happens. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. So, I, I, so I Cafe all, Solo was first on the list. For, for me, Cafe Solo is, is, is a must-visit. And uh, Paul and the guys in, in there are absolute diamonds. Great coffee, great grub. So, lads, if you're looking for somewhere to go for something nice, they're doing takeaway. Treat yourself. Grab something. Support local business. Me and oh. the brother used to go to, uh, in the early stages of lockdown, uh, we used to go to news cafes, uh, sub shop, secondary shop in Cabin Tealy Village. Oh. Um, and we used to get the wraps and the rolls and all. They're absolutely sensational. I love news cafe, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. News cafe is sensational. Oh, man. News cafe a hungover breakfast roll from News Cafe oh. is one of, one of Lloyd's great pleasures. Oh, um, but yeah, I that, that I didn't realise they had one in this this is the problem of not living in the board anymore. You kinda of get out of touch. I didn't realise they had one in Cabin Teely as well now. Yeah, they own it as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. And it's but, the same kind of signage and I don't know if it's called News Cafe though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you where else I love to go, Graham, actually. If you if you're in the mood for just a nice little coffee and just, you know, a, a scenic day out in the beautiful surrounds of Docky Village. Select stores do great coffee. That's right. That's they, right. They, they genuinely do some of the best coffee in the borough, to be fair to them. Yeah, I'm not a coffee drinker, Danny, so I can't No. In the last few years, I've become dependent on coffee. Yeah, I know a few people uh, that have become very dependent on coffee. Yeah. Um, and you can always tell when they're on coffee because they're, they're like a fucking Duracell Energize buddy. Yeah, I know what you're going for. I don't worry, man. Look, look, your, your pun has been the highlight of the day so far, <laughs> so we'll leave it back there. Uh, yeah, I only started drinking coffee like maybe three years ago. And uh, when I first started drinking coffee, I, I genuinely felt as though I, I could like taste colour. Do you know what I mean? It just, it does something to you. Like, and now we are, I'm, I'm tasting that high now constantly. You can smell it in your pee though, can't you? Coffee? Yeah. No, that's asparagus, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I mixed I, mi- I mixed up asparagus and coffee. <laughs> do you ever? I don't like the coffee jitters though. I don't get. I don't drink enough of them to get them. So, um, yeah, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I don't drink enough coffee to get them. I, I and even at that, it'd be rare that I have a strong coffee. I'm a, I'm kind of like I'm a cappuccino man with a bit of syrup in it, like hazelnut cappuccino. Yeah. If if I was if I was to take a coffee, um, and I occasionally do, but I I don't be strung out for it like a few people that, that I know, um, but I would be going for a cappuccino. And look, we're we're in we're in Darky getting a lovely coffee. So let's stick to the coast road and let's go two minutes up to our spiritual home, to the wonderful people of Fitzpatrick Castle. Uh, we we haven't been there in quite a while, obviously, uh, but. They were amazing to us for as long as we are. We, we were in there, and we'll be back in there someday. I've no doubt about it. But uh, if if you're looking, lads, if you're looking, they do takeaway as well. I think they're doing. They were doing barbecue grub to takeaway. I don't know. I presume with the summer gone, the barbecue is not happening anymore. But I'm sure they're still doing some bits and bobs. But definitely check out Fitzpatrick Castle and treat yourself to a night up there. 
you know what I mean? When this Dublin lockdown lifts, why not treat yourself or get a buy a voucher? And you never know, like Christmas coming up, treat a loved one. But look, Fitzpatrick Castle have supported loads of people locally for years and years. They've employed people locally for years and years. They use local suppliers. They supported us. Just you know, big believer in supporting local when we can. And so it would be remiss of us not to give the lads and Fitzpatrick's a big show on that one. And then you're working your way back towards Ballybrackram. Know what I mean? So you've gone right. doggy, you've gone there. Cafe de la Gare, the little coffee shop beside Cliney Dart Station. Never been in it. If you're talking about good coffee, do you like a chocolate muffin? No, I'm not. I never took to muffins. Never took to muffins? What's, what is wrong with you? There, the, the, no, I mean, there was, where was there? There was a place that used to take them out of the oven and they'd be still warm and a toffee yeah. one in the middle, the toffee in the middle would be still warm, be sensational. But well, that's that's those guys. These chocolate muffins. I'd never go out of the way to get a, a a muffin. Well, if you ever have, I'd, yeah. I'd love if someone could recommend you and I uh, where we can get proper proper cinnamon buns. Oh man, a cinnamon bun! So we've been having this conversation for what four years now, <laughs> yeah. where we, we, it, in the food court in the MGM Grand in Las Vegas there was this little Italian pizzeria place but in the morning time they done breakfast stuff and part of their breakfast featured a cinnamon bun that was as big as my head and myself and Mero every morning over there would go and we'd get one and it was just it was a delight over here everyone does cinnamon swirls they don't do a cinnamon bun in the same way no the cinnamon bun is very bready it's syrupy it's cinnamony it's it is a taste sensation uh, i'm i'm drilling here <laughs> look, <laughs> right well spe- look. speaking of geez he's salivating lads he's salivating so, right to keep you salivating in grandma you're getting a takeaway tonight where are you ordering that from i do uh my new favorite chinese is leah's kitchen and Docky. that yeah okay that's good george manley won't appreciate that now but um okay i never i never really as i've stated be previously on this application and this um the application being skype and this podcast i like manly i don't love it graham the idea of this podcast is that we plug a lot of local businesses and so okay. far every every business I've, I've mentioned you've been like do you know what i'm not mad about that <laughs> i've never talked to such and such for the sake for the sake of this podcast and for the sake Manly. of supporting, will you just fucking love everything we mentioned tonight, please? Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Thank sorry, you. Graham, what would you get from Manley's or Lee's if you're ordering it? Um beef curry. Beef curry, yeah, yeah. It has to be onions in it. Chinese onions are amazing. I don't think they actually come from China, Graham. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the onions are my take Chinese takeaway. I agree. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I do. I completely but agree. But Lee's chicken balls are bite sized little forms of goodness. Lee's chicken balls are the best chicken balls in the border. And I'd fight anyone who said otherwise. They're, they're sensational. Can't um, wait to get Lee's at the weekend. Would you, would you, would you partake in, in a pizza every so often? Yes. Now, I kind of. <laughs> gone off Domino's <laughs> years ago that's fine that's um, a big chain I'm not looking for that I, I, do, I do like there's one in Docky Gary's Gourmet Pizza and it's Gary's Gourmet Pizza is delicious the calzone the calzone is just to die for and I love base yeah um, would, you, uh, yeah. Would, would you frequent Quando at all yeah I like Quando yeah yeah considering it's only up the road and I'll just you know 
Yeah, no, I, I, I like Kondo, but I, yeah, no, I do like Gar- Kondo. Gar- Gary's gourmet pizza is where you're going, though. No, Kondo from Ballybrack Village. Ah, okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, look, brilliant. So, that's another one, then. Uh, just when you mentioned Domino's there, do you know where the most profitable Domino's in the world is? Tala. Tala, yeah. yeah. Mental, isn't it? People at Tala love their Domino's. Come here, we mentioned News Cafe, right? We've mentioned if you're hungover getting a breakfast roll. If you weren't hungover, if you're cooking yourself a fry, where would you go to get your fry, Graham? To get your ingredients for your fry, rather? Am I supposed to say Hicks here? You are supposed to say Hicks. Yeah, Hicks, Hicks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hicks, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hicks, it's your only show, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Hicks, Hicks white pudding is the source of everything that is right with the world. And a nice baguette with loads of butter. Oh, do you know, and... Would where, you take where, ketchup on it? I would. I would take a bit of ketchup on it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I would. I want. I want basically that the the pudding is so hot off the pan, and if anybody cooks pudding on the grill, they need to take a long hard look at themselves. You you fry pudding, right? It needs to be hot enough that it melts the butter just a touch. And and <laughs> salivating again, lads. But yeah, yeah. Hicks white pudding, fresh Brennan's white. Slab of butter, drop a ketchup, hook it to my veins. Oh, unreal. Hook it to my veins. Um do you like fish cream? Um yes, I would I would guess the best fishmonger in all of the borough is the catch in Cornell's Court. Damien Curry, uh, local lad Damien Curry runs the catch and uh, their fish cakes are to die for. And oh, gonna... a bit of mackerel and I love mackerel, I love prawns. Well, well, the catch might very well be good, and Damien might very well have sensational fish cakes. But I tell you, George's fish shop in Monkstown, Graham, has the most succulent salmon you'll find outside of the Atlantic. Yeah, no, I like. I, I've been down there a few times, but I've got um, the their scallops. Or the they sell a tempura prawn pack. They do. Oh, it's, they're fucking gorgeous. Put them in the air fryer for eight minutes. Bit of Thai sweet chili sauce. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my word, man. But yeah. Dale's is better. I the catch is better. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a George's fish shop man myself, and they have, they've got two branches in Monkstown. They've got one in Stepaside. So you're spoiled for choice. Spoiled for choice. So there you go. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd be partial to a scallop. I'm absolutely lepping here. Oh, so this is a bad idea. This is a bad uh-huh. idea, man. Come here, where are you getting your haircut these days, Graham? Um, Gillian's Barber. Gillian's Barber in the Ballybrack Village. Sure, look, what? Where, where else would you be going? Well, I haven't I, got my haircut in Gillian's Barber since around 2009. Yeah, I think the last time I got my haircut in Gillian's Barber, to be fair, uh, I got a mohawk, uh, an ill-fated mohawk, shall we say. Um <laughs> Um, uh, by accident or that was the request no, no that was that was me I just decided and it wasn't because of David Beckham it was before David Beckham got his mohawk so nobody come at me with any of that crap right right yeah um, Barbara Ross and Sally Noggin though he's yeah. he's making he's making people look fresh you know what I mean he's only just opened it as well and Ross yeah. is a, Ross Davis is a gentleman indeed, indeed. Um, yeah. there was um when we put this out, actually, um, my next door neighbour is a chef, and he he was mentioning. Uh, obviously, we said the border, but I'm going to give a special mention to the Pigeon House in Clontarf. They have a restaurant in Delgany as well, 
yeah. my next door neighbor is a sous chef there, Conor Morrissey, um, and they're doing takeouts for uh, brunch and dinners, I think, and okay. uh, give them give them a look. That's the Pigeon House in Clontarf. Yeah, Pigeon House in Clontarf, but I think they've won at Delgany as well. I'm, I'm going to also venture outside the border for a second here. Uh, not too far outside the borough though, and I'm going to recommend Michael's of Mount Merion. Right. Um, now, some people might have seen him on on the social media because uh, he, he's Gaz, the chef in there, and the proprietor of that fine establishment has uh, quite the following now, and he does put up photos of a surfing turf and his big hearty pasta dishes, and good God, lads. Like Meryl's been salivating since we started talking about this, but even just thinking about uh, Michael's on on Instagram and the stuff they put up. But, uh, I follow him on Instagram; it's torture because it just oh, looks so all. good. So Gaz's food looks just unbelievable, and they're doing click and collect and and everything takeaway and everything else. Um, so definitely check that one out. Um, there's so there's so many to choose from, lads, and we've got a I, few more to get through. But like, I did get like, a list as well of our listener um, and my friend Richie Doyle, uh, yeah. and I, I'll just read out what he said. Uh, I go, I, obviously the I goes is shut at the moment, but it is, when, but it, when, it, re, when it reopens, Eamon and, and Tom are absolutely je- Eamon and Tom are gentlemen. So uh, he said, Pondo yeah. Pizza has been a success um, yeah. through COVID. He said, JJ. Darboven and Dunleary for coffee. He said Country Bacon Docky, which is an absolute great shout, by the way. Country Bacon Docky. Their rolls, ham and coleslaw, and their meringues, unreal. Oh, man, a ham and coleslaw roll. Oh, so simple, beautiful. While expensive, he said, it's fucking massive. He's talking about Cavistons and Glass Hill. Now, Richie does have expensive taste sometimes, but Mm -hmm. that was Richie's shouts for local where he shops. Well, I, te- I tell you where, he's, he's not wrong with Cavistons, but I tell you what, I'd, I'd go five minutes up the road and I'd venture into the beautiful Italian establishment of Toscana. Oh, yeah. I've been love, to Toscana years. Love Toscana. Aggie and his crew in there run a, just a taste sensation. Everything, everything that comes out of that kitchen is just sent from the gods. Yeah, so, agree. yeah, big fan of that. Uh, have you tried Little Dumpling? In, do you like dumplings? I love dumplings. Have you tried Little Dumpling and Dunleary yet? No, is that no? I've I've tried. Are they the lads that do the? They have a tent at the um. The oh, farmers the market people, down the people's park. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if they're the same yoke or not. But, oh, the but, uh, dumplings down there with the with the. Oh, what, what's it? The sarichi ser, sauce. Sorat sriracha. Sriracha. Yeah. <laughs> sarichi sauce. <laughs> Get out of it, would you? Absolutely um, massive. Little dumpling. I think it's only new. I think it's only open the last couple of months or whatever. But uh, if you're a fan of dumplings, uh, you'll it'll be heaven, absolute heaven. Um, gourmet food parlor, massive, unbelievable. Are you a fan of Indian food? Oh, who isn't sensational? Vida and Cabantili. Yes. Christian and the lads invade it in Cabin Teeley. Oh my God. The fit, it's right beside the horse Spice, Spice Cottage is lovely. Spice Cottage is lovely, but but my vote is going to Veda. If, oh, it's it. right beside the horse and hound, lads. Yeah. If you haven't been to it yet, or if, if you've passed a boy and you've gone, oh, I must go in there someday, treat yourself. Stop what you're doing. Take out your phone. Open Just E or just get their phone number. Ring them. Oh my 
God, the chicken. Everywhere we mentioned when you go in, say you heard them on our podcast. Do absolutely every one of them. Uh, tweet them, Instagram them, whatever. Just tell them and I'll just support them. Even look, there's a lot of these places that they don't give vouchers. Even if, if you're not going to go in and, and get something this weekend or whatever, you know, there's occasions coming up and, and businesses will just be fucking delighted to have people interacting with them and, and crossing the fucking threshold of their door. So get out and support them and everything else. But some of these places, the food I mentioned, I am le- I haven't had my dinner. I am leaping. I'm leaping. I'm leaping. I'm like, what are you up, Danny, anymore? For the first time I'm ever recording a podcast, Cubes is sitting on the chair beside me. And I, I, every time you mention something, I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> like every every time you mention something, she's just nodding and like looking at me like, can we go there? Can we go there? Yeah. Um, Veda and Spice Cottage. Yeah, definitely. Chipper, Graham. If you were getting a chipper in the border, where would you go? Uh, Roma, Lockenstown. Roma and Lockenstown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good. What was it you told me about there? You can not only do you get uh, your your nice chips and whatever, but you can order a chocolate bar as well, isn't it? You can it? order a Kit Kat and Tato and all on it. <laughs> I love that. I, love I, that. I, yeah. I, um, I ordered it on a Saturday night months ago, and I was thinking about Sunday lunch and having a sandwich, but there was no crisps, and I came across crisps, and yeah. I always have to have crisps with a sandbox, and I came across crisps on the... On the Roman menu, I was like, give me a couple of hay out there and a chunky Kit Kat. I fucking love chunky Kit Kats. Kit Actually, Kat chunky Kit Kats, um, they've released new flavours and I can't find them anywhere. Yeah, I don't, just just your, your, your bog standard run the mill Kit Kat chunky and a cup of tea. No, I want the mint one. I want to taste the mint one. I don't know. I don't know. When it comes to mint, I love a Viscount. Oh, Viscounts are, Viscounts are Viscounts. Boy count probably. I don't know, man. You uh, know, you know. I milled the whole pack though. That's the problem. You would. And do you know what else I love? Have you had a club milk, a mint club milk yet? No. Oh my word! <laughs> have you had oh. the wafer? Have you had the wafer clubs? No, I don't think I have. Oh, they're lovely. My God. Well, I hope I hope people listening to this are making a shopping list, and they are half as hungry as we are. Um. I'd, for for chippers, if I'm if I'm not feeling adventurous, I'd probably just get Pan Beach myself, just classic run the mill, read out special. But I tell you where I absolutely fucking love for a good bag of chips, Libros and Dean's Grange. Yeah, yeah. If I'm lovely, if I'm in the manor in uh, Cabinteely, Shane Fitz's uh, mother's residence, I would get Liberos. Liberos, yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you read any good books lately, Graham? Yes, I've read Champagne Football. Well, I'm halfway through Champagne Football. Champagne Football, yeah, absolutely. I must read for any Irish football fan. the fans. end of me bed. Champagne there, yeah. Football. There we go. Lovely. And I know I know there's a nice 14 99 price tag on that. An absolute bargain, if you don't mind my saying so. It is an absolute bargain, but you're reading it just disgusted, like. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it'll put you, it'll put you in foul humour, but at the same oh, time... I'll put you in foul humour. I'm trying to read a chapter every night, but there's nights where I'm like, no, I, I need me head. That's it, that's it. And... and I noticed as well, because you have a little sticker on the front of it there, you have uh, resisted the temptation to order off Amazon and you've bought in a local book establishment. That's right. How did, how did you know that from looking at the book? Because there was a sticker on it, Graham. All right. And, and if, if you got it on Amazon, there wouldn't be a sticker on it that says 14 99 <laughs> Right, sorry, apologies. <laughs> I should have pretended it was some sort of mystic fucking just genius there. But anyway... Um, Local bookshops, lads. Uh, look, there's. I know it's easy to buy off Amazon. I know everyone's. Well, I've done it. 
I don't know how many times, but coming into November, December, when you're starting to buy presents for people and if you're thinking of picking up a book for someone or you're thinking about getting people presents, try, I know online shopping is going to be so tempting and everything else and Amazon's so convenient, but lads, Jesus, go down to Dewberry Books, go down to Easton's, go down to your local bookshop, pick up something in there, pick up gift vouchers for people for local businesses. Um, I just, this year more than ever, I think, try and, 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 buy local when you're when you're thinking of your presence for people and all that kind of thing because look whatever about 2020 being a bit of a shit year i think 2021 is going to be even for tough, tougher for people as they try to recover so do as matter of us doing go to your local bookshop pick up a copy of the wonderful champagne football or the latest russell carroll kelly book an absolute laugh a minute Bray watch Bray watch if you need cheering up no better bugle uh, than ross so many options out there, man. You know, support your local veg, man. Support your local butcher. You know what I mean? You'll always do your shopping in your Tesco's or your Dums or whatever, but there's no reason why you can't pop into the small local butcher and pick up a few bits there. It doesn't matter if you're only spending a tenner. That tenner goes a long way in that shop. Just try support local in all these lockdowns and COVID madness that we're all in. That's my bit. I'm done preaching. Lovely. Now, I'm starving. I'm starving. I'm starving as well. And then we have to go. We have to go through an interview now as well. Yeah. Um. So because obviously we were, we said we'll try and get this person on, considering, you know, we were talking about COVID and lockdown and stuff. So we are going to talk now to Mark Burke, who is a COVID survivor. Doctors were calling him the medical miracle. And Mark is from Roundwood. Um. And I don't know why I said he's from Roundwood, but anyway. Here is interview. Here's the interview that we conducted with Mark, the COVID nineteen survivor, the medical miracle. Joining us now is uh, the medical miracle, uh, COVID survivor, Mark Burke. Thanks for joining us, Mark. How are you? I'm good, thanks. No, no, no problem. You're welcome. No problem. Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, very, very tired all the time. Fatigued. Do you know. Uh, apart from that, I'm healthy. You know everything's everything's there and everything's working so yeah good stuff as opposed, good stuff, yeah. as opposed to the options i had back in march april look at it's all good you know tell us tell us about that mark so when, when did when did you contract covid i got it i probably first show with symptoms around the 19th 20th of march got a test done because I was a little bit apprehensive, you know, with everything the way it was coming out and it was coming across Europe, England was getting a rough, it was only starting here. I just I just didn't feel right. Mm. But when I got tested, at the time, it, it was all new here. Nobody really knew what was going on. It was taking four and five weeks to get results. And you can understand that. There's, it's not a complaint. Um, but but that, was a, that was on a Tuesday. The following Saturday, I had to go to Vincent's. Um, I was bad. Cardoc sent me in, you know, high fever, vomit and diarrhea, sweats, aches, pains, coughing, sneezing. And uh, they diagnosed me with COVID pneumonia in there in Vincent's. And Was it like anything you've ever experienced before? Well, I'm going to be quite honest with you. From the time I first started showing symptoms, which was, let's say, probably the 20th of, uh, 20th of March, it was two days and I've no memory then on. Well, yeah, uh, I, the fever was high. I was 40.8 at home here at one stage, and she was, Mrs. Joanne was wiping me down with cold towels and trying to get the temperature down. And like, 
it was a weekend. Doctors, care docs were involved. Hospitals were involved. Uh, got me in eventually anyway. And within 36 hours of me going into Vincent's, they phoned my wife to tell them, tell her that I was being, I'd been rushed to ICU. I'd stopped breathing. Lungs were full. And they, uh, they intubated me, ventilated me, put me in a coma and paralyzed me. I was like that. I was like that till Good Friday. They took me out of the coma on Good Friday. Wow. But in the period, the period of time I was in ICU, in a coma, paralyzed, in that period of time, I was seven days like that, uh, no improvement. So they had given me a less than 40% chance at that stage anyway. But what was to follow was really the... The, the nail in the coffin, or nearly was, was I got I developed an ischemic bowel. Uh, the blood thickens with COVID, and I don't think at that time they realised that. And it was only then they started giving out anticoagulants to play patients to stop the blood thickening. But that's what I got a clot in the bowel basically, and stomach expanded, and stuff came up the tubes, and had to be you know they had to do an emergency scan where they. They, they, they could see an ischemic bowel at that stage it was less than 24 hours and on the verge of multi-organ failure is what my wife was told mm-hmm. and they, they looked to uh, they looked to do they said they'd do whatever they could for me and they gave me everything they they gave me everything yeah they threw the kitchen yeah, sink that, 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 all that being kind of in the early stages as well like the early stages well, of all that like, was very 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 early uh, but I was, I think I've only been the first to develop uh, a clot to the bowel that caused it to be to go ischemic. And that was thrown through the McCurve ball, really, because, like, I was bad enough with the COVID, and then this happened, you know? So, like, there wasn't much hope. It was, like, the report, we got the medical report, and the reading on it is, like, unreal. Like, it, the outcome wasn't good at all. Um you know, it, 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 they they gave me less than twenty four hours, as I said. And at that stage, there was nobody allowed into hospitals. You weren't next to kin weren't allowed in. There was, you know, they were facetiming families and saying goodbye to their loved ones and parents and brothers, sisters, whatever. Do you know what I mean? It was, but a call was made by one of the staff to bring my wife and children in to say goodbye to me. And after that happened there was obviously a meeting about their situation and what the nurses had to go through in them situations and it was agreed that they could bring next to kin in and on the saturday at five o'clock my wife and children arrived there with a police escort because as they said it was less than 24 hours in their eyes you know and they came in in twos the boys came in first said the good boys uh girls then the wife uh but now, if, I'm going to tell you something now that a lot of people don't know. And if you read this in a book, you throw the book in the fire. If you've seen it in a film, you turn the movie off. <laughs> but I was lying on the bed in room 13 of all the rooms, right? And it's kind of at the end of a corridor. When I heard my eldest boy talking to my younger brother, so his younger brother, he was probably trying to console him and tell him, you know, like what to maybe expect. And the minute I heard their voices, I opened my eyes. Jesus. Started to move my left arm. And then uh, when they left, I opened my eyes and watched them walk out again. And I did the same for the girls when the girls came in. I don't remember that now. I've no memory of anything till probably two days after I came out of ICU, really, you know. Um, 
yeah, so, like, if you read that in the book, you'd say, nah, that's a lot of rubbish, like, can you just try to play? <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's what happened, you know? Um, and they did their thing, and they said their bit, and, you know, it, it wasn't... Uh, I, I can only imagine... Well, I can't imagine, because they don't even let myself get there, because it's... It had to be the most horrendous thing they'll ever have to do in their life, you yeah. know? Uh, and especially the two younger ones. And when I say younger ones, they're 15 and 17, but they didn't quite know the extent of how bad I was up until that 24-hour call was made. Uh, they knew I was sick, but they didn't know that it was less than 5%. So they didn't really know it was as bad because they'd be warriors. You know yourself. Like, oh, of course, you know, yeah. You know, and, you do, and my wife and older daughter and older son were very protective and trying to do their best. You know, everyone's rooting and hoping they're going to come out of it, but that was a spanner in the works, you know yourself. But, um, they obviously left and it was obviously horrendous here in the house. I can only imagine. I look, it's again, I can't imagine. It's terrible. But I lasted 24 hours. I lasted 48. I lasted 72. On the fourth day, the COVID was leaving me. It had come down to less than 20%, I was, which meant I was strong enough to come off the machines. And I could breathe, breathe, breathe unaided for the time they needed to do an MRS proper scan of me. So they scanned me, and I think they scanned me twice because the consultant couldn't believe what he was seeing. Like the bell was shown to be repaired. Now, in medical history, it's never known to have happened. Um, so they finally agreed that it was repaired, and they couldn't believe it. They were in dismay. Um, then one of the nurses in question that would have been taking care of me regularly was actually in the room for the scan and the disbelief among the consultants was huge. They just could not understand it. So they had to do me, scan me again, I think the next morning. They had to have a meeting, confirm everything before they could tell me wife. And she got the call the next day to say, listen, from the consultant that told her I was 24 yeah. or less, he just said, I don't know how I'm making this call, but he said he's going to be okay. Like, uh, 24 hours later that was, was it? Oh, four days later. Oh, four days later. Jeez. Four hours, but it lasted the four days. And on the fourth day, because the COVID had left me, they were able to take me off the machines. So they couldn't take me off the machines. And mm. at the time I got the class, they put a, an oxygen line into the bell to try and revive at least 15, 20% of it, which would have left them put a bag on me if necessary, if I, if I got over the COVID, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it had repaired itself. So what were the wife and kids like on day one, day two, day three after visiting you before they got the phone call on day four to say... They were grieving. They were grieving. They were grieving for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as far as they were concerned, like, they were told there was no chance. He's on the verge of multi-organ failure, which I was. Like, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a mistake or an error, or it wasn't, you know, it, it, that's what they saw. They saw an ischemic bill. They can't see that for no reason, you know? Um, the evidence that my body portrayed was all the evidence of an ischemic bill. Um, so they, they made that call, and only them, those calls are only made when it's vitally necessary. So they had four days of torture. Like, and then, of course, after day two, they're probably thinking, Jesus, he's hanging on, you know, maybe, you know, there's, there's a bit of fight there. Or, and they obviously thought there was a bit of, you know, obviously there was maybe a bit of hope coming back in with them, you know, and yeah. then it was just, your disbelief and joy when they got the call, like, like I think they went on a three-day bender here in the house. <laughs> <laughs> like, Why not? <laughs> I've no idea. Now I can't say it, but I think my fourteen or 15, my fifteen-year-old might have been slightly inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> well, if ever, if ever there was an occasion that it's acceptable. <laughs> 
acceptable, like. You, there's a few suspect photos going around. <laughs> anyway. You know, before this, uh, American, before you got it, let's say go back to January, February, when yeah. all of us in Ireland were hearing reports and China yeah. here. What, 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 what was your mindset about it? What did you think when you were reading, like, and you were doing your day-to-day work, you were being better and all well, a couple. Well, I'll be honest with you now. I was getting prepared for the business-wise. I was afraid. I was actually a little bit afraid of it, you know, because I saw what happened in China. We saw what was happening in Middle East. We saw Italy. Italy was the big wake-up call, I think, for Europe. Um, and then it, it hit the UK fairly, fairly rapid and rampant. Now I know we closed down a lot quicker, and we made, you know, we we did, we made precautions a lot earlier. And I think it stood to us. I think the. I think the government and the Minister of Health, they did a fantastic job. I don't think they could have done any better job uh, to, to give them uh, credit, you know. Uh, but I don't think they were prepared for the level of it. Mm. They didn't know what, what they were dealing with. It was new to every one of them. Nurses, doctors, the health minister, the, 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 the first line, the, the, the front line workers. They hadn't a clue. They hadn't a clue what was going on. And you weren't a skeptic about the whole virus then before. Oh, absolutely. Not. I actually was, a fr- I actually was, I'm not the type of person that would, uh, let's just say, be looking over his shoulder and anxious to things. I'm kind of fly by night. I'll worry about something when it happens. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, yeah. This, this thing, I didn't dismiss. I was very, I was apprehensive and anxious about it. Yeah. Uh, now, my missus would be, uh, Joanne is her name, would be, uh, I'll refer to as the missus probably. Yeah, Joanne, was, Joanne would be very apprehensive about things like this. And she would have been. But the fact that I was apprehensive made her a lot more apprehensive because I don't get like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then when I started showing symptoms, you know, like the only saving grace was when I, when I, when I did, I isolated immediately. I went to the room. The food came in through the door, you know, the tea, you know, they were up and down to be, Joanne was in and out every hour. She was washing, sanitizing, door handles, toilet sinks, um, every, whatever plate, cup, saucer, knife, fork I used was scalded, you know. Mm. Um, very, very cautious of it. So, as, as you would say, a lot of people have disregard for it. Like, you probably see, I did a show, uh, I did a, a, an interview with RTE and went out in the news there Monday night and it was on their Facebook and Twitter page. And, like, I haven't seen them because I don't do social media. Uh, I don't have the time for it. And, but members of my family do. And, like, you want to you wanna see some of the trolls and remarks that have come in on it. Like, yeah. you know, like, okay. You know, just basically insulting me and uh, saying, "Asher, ah, sure. you know, look at him, sure he deserved to get it. He was an overweight fat, or, do you know what I kind of way." And you know, now I would, it would have been the only thing at the time, but like they, what they see now, you know, is not overweight. I don't. It, it's just little stupid remarks. These people are just ignorant, as far as I'm concerned. And as like the wife, she didn't tell me for a day or two, and I said, "Why would you not tell me? It doesn't bother me. I never worry about what other people think of me because what you see is what you get." Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Give tokens for it. And everyone is entitled to their opinion. You know? But yeah. I think what gets out of hand then is that people are, are basing their opinion on opinions. And it's not fact. You know what I mean? Unless, unless you experience it firsthand. Yeah. Or you know somebody. Or a personal friend. Or a family member. 
or a neighbour. You've no idea. Absolutely. And, and Mark, no. to, to, to kind of jump back into, as you said, four days after kind of, you know, for want of a better term, you're being written off. Um, yeah, yeah but know. it wasn't. I, I shouldn't be here, like. Yeah, you know, and then, and then somehow four days later, you're showing signs of, hang on a second, lads, he's done a U-turn for us here, and, and thank yeah. God for that. Yeah. What, what happens then? So they, they were able to take you off long enough to do scans. When did they take you completely off machines, and when did you start to come round? They, and... they, they took me out of the coma and start, took me off the paralysis medication on Good Friday. Um, and I was now... I was so I was coming to and coming out now. I don't remember any of this what I'm gonna tell you, right? Like they were able to hold the nurses were brilliant. Every my my, my wife's relentless, right? She got to and she got to, she got to develop a great relationship with a lot of the girls in there, the nurses, right? And they were fantastic. I will never be able to thank those people enough and a lot of other people and we get to that shortly, but those girls are walking living angels. They're unreal. You'll never yeah, see yeah, the light. Yeah. You don't you can't teach what they have and you cannot buy it. They're unreal. Like in particular, there was two or three of them on their breaks. When I got released from ICU, they would come down on their breaks. They'd brush my teeth. They'd feed me. They'd brush my hair. They'd shave me. You know, that one girl came in on her day off, you know, like who does that? Who does that? Like, so I was coming out of it anyway. And of course I was still a bit, Produce a better word, stone from <laughs> the medication. I, and I don't remember having conversations with, with any of the family, like, but they'd be all at the dinner table. And at that stage, my eldest girl lives in Dublin, right? But she's with her boyfriend, and they had moved home when I got sick, right? And they were both here. She was off work because her, her job was brilliant to her. And she was working, allowed to work from home, but she didn't. She was off until something went, for, went until I got sorted, like. But her boyfriend was working from home here, and my son was home. He was off work. He he's a, an electrician. He, he they were obviously in lockdown, which I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what lockdown was. I didn't know what COVID was really because it was very early. I don't remember having COVID or getting it. You know, but like I'd have conversations with them, and they'd all say to me then afterwards, "Do you remember saying that?" And I said, "No, I didn't say that." You know. <laughs> But I, like it was, it was like <laughs> me, I, I, I imagine see those four and a half four weeks. I lived in a different world to everyone else. Right? I was having hallucinations, nightmares, dreams, whatever you want to call them. Right, yeah. you know, crazy stuff like. And there was one in particular where my youngest lad, he's fifteen. <laughs> I was on the phone to him. I don't know where I was or why I was on the phone to him. But uh, he had changed his name to. To, to Caroline, and he was getting married to a girl called Catherine from Limerick, right? And he said, needn't worry about the limo that he says, we've got a heart outside. Now, I had to have something to do with that fucking rubber banded song, right? <laughs> so I remember then I said to him, when I was coming to I said to him, I says, did you change your name to Catherine? You know, so I'm still half loopy, like, you know? And he said, what are you on about that? You know what I mean? Like so, conversations I never had. Like I, I, I rang the wife and said, "Listen, I know I should be in hospital, pep, but I've had to go do a job. I, I'm gonna go straight back in when I get done." You know what I mean? And she said, "Mark, you're in hospital." I said, "No, I'm not. No, no, no." But Ryan, he was supposed to be coming to help me. I said, "He's not here. He's late." He said, "Ring him and tell him to get his ass here quick for me." You know, like stuff. Yeah. I was walking, and then I was getting kidnapped by. Uh, 
the, like the nurses were all aliens because you could only see was the boys like yeah, you know yeah. I mean? so I was kidnapped I was being held against me will uh, me That's two boys mad, isn't it? yeah me two boys came in to see me um, and they were I was I was being drugged against me will right so I couldn't get out of the bed so I was obviously, I was obviously having some form of I knew what was comatose and paralyzed but I, I thought I was being held captive mm. and then there was two <laughs> for, and in, in, by no way uh, discriminatory, discriminatory here there was two um, they were of Indian orientation nurses that, that didn't exist by the way they were in my head there was no Indian orientation nurses there that would have fit the bill but I I, I, I described them as the scissor sisters and they were they were key, they were the ones drugging me like and they drug me two boys and I got my phone and rang me rang the guards, got the guards to come in and arrest them and take them out. And then the guards, he he handcuffed me to the bed and do you know all this shit was gonna like yeah, you you were having Hollywood movies as well. <laughs> Listen, and there was one other one, this is the best one. There, there's a lot more, but this is a really good one. Myself and my wife, we were in Iceland in January, right, for a week. And there was a lovely theatre up there, and we didn't go into it or anything, but the hotel we were staying in was a nice hotel and there was in my hallucination or my dream, there was some celebrity in the hotel. Can't tell you who it was. But myself and her decided to rob this celebrity's room, right? Of our jewellery. <laughs> so we robbed all our jewellery, right? And uh, we had a suitcase full of jewellery. Don't know what it was. We just had a suitcase. All I know was, and we were legging it, right? And we, we, were, we were going down to, uh, we got the boat out of Iceland to France or somewhere. And we got a flying plane to Morocco. We, so we turned into international teams to do this, right? So this is fucking mad. Like. So then we were somewhere like Morocco or somewhere foreign. And we got hired then to rob more jewels. So we were, I was an international thief. Well, I was in a common, right? <laughs> I think I'd probably watched the uh, Ocean's Twelve or Thirteen or something. <laughs> it was, but it was that, and then there was I, I, my house was different. So when I was thinking of being at home, I could. It wasn't my house that I live in. It was a different mm. house, and there was my, my cousin was 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 married to. A friend's wife, right? And like, there was all sort of mixed ups kind of stuff going on, you know. And <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was able, I was to meet my wife and a couple of our friends to go for a meal and a drink. But I ended up going on the lash after work, which I never did. It was a drink. Don't, don't, don't drink nothing like. And I got possibly drunk anyway and wouldn't come home. And my son's girlfriend's parents had to bring me home. And you know, so there was loads of people that were important to me. Rindy's dreams. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah, all family, all the girls, Joanne, the lads, uncle, you know, uh, like it was, it was, look, it was weird. Uh, there was one horrible, horrible time now, and I don't know if you can see, there's a scar on my chin, and my nose got a bit of a wallop. But while the reason they paralyzed me was I pulled myself out of the bed and I see you, right? Now I was in a coma, but I was very distressed, and I reckon this is the this is the hallucination I was having when I when I did that. I'd say what it was was I had been I was being held against me by these sister sisters as I was calling them, right? And don't ask me why. Nothing to do with those two uh, ladies that were famously mm. yeah. it was it was just a name that I put on them, and. They had taken my wife as well, and she was in another bed in a room that I could see her, and she was struggling and she was under pressure, and I was so frustrated. 
I pulled myself out of that bed and I see you. Yeah, so that's what you paralyzed me. <laughs> it's mad. It's mad. The nurse, the nurse said, what the hell do I have to do to keep this fella still? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> And yeah. So, uh, dreams aside and everything else, then, at what point did Joanne or, or your young lads or whatever start telling you about kind of what had been happening for the last couple of weeks? And right. So, when I got out of ICU, they released me out of ICU on Easter Sunday. I went, up, I went into the high dependency unit because I still had a fever because the central line into my neck uh, got a bit of an infection, right? So, mm-hmm. the fever, I got a little bit of a fever on the Sunday, but I was okay by the Sunday night. And they moved me up to the recovery ward on the Sunday night. So I came, I came around in the recovery ward on the Monday. Now I was probably still a bit groggy early in the early days there, and but by the Monday evening, I was, you know, I was fairly focused. I wouldn't, have, I didn't remember nothing. Didn't know what had happened to me. I, had, I had COVID. I didn't realise what COVID was. Um. So, I. They were they, they were dripping and they weren't telling me a whole lot either because you know they didn't want to stay, scare me either or start yeah, yeah. me you know what I mean like didn't want to worry you. pardon didn't want to worry you. exactly because like I I can't walk I can't lift my arms up to feed myself you know and it was one, it was one funny uh, situation where. The nurses were feeding me, but I also had a bowl of a great bunch of grapes and blueberries. I love blueberries, and the missus had sent in loads of stuff. She sent in about three cases, two cases of stuff. I think she was going, I was going to get in a plane when I get out because <laughs> what, days, what was there wasn't we're talking about. I had nothing left in the house. I think she thought I was staying. Like so, anyway, I had these, and I couldn't get my hands to my mouth to feed me. So I get them about to to belly button height, and I I'd, I'd have a handful of blueberries and grapes, and I just throw them. And I'd get one of me mouth the fucking hell and go all over me. Like a white t-shirt on was proper, you know, from, from blueberries and grapes crumbed into the bed, the whole lot. Um, yeah, and the nurses were feeding me. And the nurse, the nurse told me this story. Now, I don't remember this story. This was in HDU on Easter Sunday. They fed me a little, a small Easter egg. It was, and it was, it was soft in the middle. And she said, I took a bite of the Easter egg. She said, my two eyes just looked at her. And I lunged at her. I tried to bite the rest of it out of her hand. Like, you know, <laughs> she nearly bit the hand off her. Merlo, <laughs> you know, get, so. Merlo gets like that with Christmas dinner. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh you can't beat a bit of turkey in hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And, uh, so, like, can, uh, I'm just, it's, it's mad. That, like, the, the, the dreams and everything, like, because obviously in the news or on the news or whatever. There's loads, loads more of that, though. Do you know, there's so yeah. much more. Because uh, this is the kind of thing that people don't hear about. So your story kind of uh, right. helps people get the full picture. Like, but the the, the piece around then, you know, like was it hard to hear? Like <laughs> your sons or whatever coming in and telling you, like, that we came in to say goodbye, and when we did, you know, your eyes opened and. <laughs> well, they did. did they, listen, when I got out, right, of course, everyone was treading very carefully. I was I was very weak for a long time. Now that's no joke. I'd say probably two months. Like <coughs> it was a month before I could walk two hundred yards. You know, yeah. it was probably two weeks before I could shave, shave, wash myself, feed myself, even maybe longer shaving because I'd have to help myself. Do you know what I mean? Now the wife did it all for for the first week or two. Do you know? Mm. Like I had a little stool, I could sit down in the shower, and do you know, but, like it was very hard, and I didn't come to terms with what actually happened to me. I'd say for the good of two or three months, you know, I yeah. didn't actually realize what had happened. 
it was because the after aftermath of when I got out was was so concentrated on getting me strength back up again, doing the physio, the exercise. But like I probably spent the first six, eight weeks physio, walking. I get up for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and I'll be in the bed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not I no, I mean not an absolute ounce of energy. Um but look at it's like the doctor said when they released me they couldn't believe they were releasing me six days after coming out of a coma do you know what I mean in fairness like I'd be fairly dogged that way like I'd be determined to get right too but then you'd have days when you'd be you know the physio was hard going It's and in fairness now I was getting the physio and it was online for a long time but then I could go down a couple of days a week but like they were brilliant now you know and very thorough you know, no messing with them. When you did it online, the toys of even the my Jesus, you felt it. When you're doing it yourself, you tended not to do it so hard, like, you know. But yeah. it took a long time to get over it uh, physically. I'm probably, I'm probably still not fully over it physically. I would be... This, it's the turns. Yeah. It's so, so wearing. Like, I was even today now, I did a couple of calls today and be, I was walking above my head my arms were hanging like an orangutan after it. Do you know what I mean? So... That's still there, but a burst of strength, burst of energy. But I do need a lot of rest now, and I'm, I would be sleeping very well as well. I probably would have been a brutal sleeper. <laughs> I'm really? just too tired now. Yeah. yeah, I would have been a brutal sleeper. Yeah, and I'd have been a stress ball. You know, now uh, the way I look at life is, it'll happen when it happens. And what it made, what, what it made, made me realize was that life still went on. Whether I was here functioning or not, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't stop just because Mark Brooks got her down. Do you know what I mean? So, it changed her life perspective, did it? It has done, yeah. Yeah. It has done, yeah. Absolutely, without question. I don't think I'm as stressed. Uh, I don't think, I think I'm probably well more relaxed. Uh, I don't let things bother me as much as I would used to have let them bother me. Do you know the kind of way? You know, it's still having me moments, don't get me wrong. You know, as I've come, I've took the phone back to give the guys a bit of a break. There's a couple of lads working for me there, do you know, and they're, they're flat out and they were brilliant. They've been magnificent uh, through the whole lot of us, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, 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 it's just, I don't think, I wouldn't be. A, I've done a couple of weeks in the last two months, and I tell you now, it's been absolutely wearing. It's the exhaustion I felt. I've never felt anything like it before. I'm sleeping like a baby, and I could never sleep. Do you know what I mean? And and Mark, the I suppose the, I'm conscious of time, and I know Liverpool are playing Arsenal, and you want to ah, watch it. So, oh, <laughs> Arsenal are one up at this stage. <laughs> But in terms of, you because know, look, I, I don't want to be a, a kind of doom merchant or, or, or a fear monger or whatever, but mm. look, we're, we're coming into a winter and, you know, we're seeing numbers go up and everything, but we're still seeing people say that, you know, this isn't as dangerous as they say it is and nobody's really at risk. And having your, conditions, yeah, have, having your experience and having heard, heard your story tonight, what would you say to people like, in terms of what to well, do. A couple of answers for that. Uh, well, I've, I've, I've one answer, long answer. The, the answer I'd have for that is, right, the nurses and doctors and hospitals are absolutely dreading the next three months. The hospitals are going to be over capacity again. The numbers are going to keep rising. The fatalities will rise. It's down to people individually to wear masks, wash their hands when they're in crowded areas, social distance. The house parties are a problem. 
the public transport's a problem, the tourist industry's a problem. I don't think the pubs and restaurants, I don't think it was fair to close them down because I think the majority of them did a very good job uh, in social distancing and their contact tracing efforts. I think they've been penalised for the wrong reasons. I think schools going back has not helped it. The young people are now, the age group now is 18 to 35. They are the ones that are the carriers. They're more resilient. They don't, uh, it doesn't affect them. Thank God, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But they don't realise that they're spreading. And I think this is going to be the problem. Um, and I would go as far as to say I wouldn't be one bit surprised if it comes back on a bigger scale than it did in March and April. That would be, and that's only an opinion. That's not anything that I've been told or heard. That's an opinion. Uh, it's around for the long haul. Um, I could safely say we're going to have to write 2021 off. I don't, I don't think there's going to be an antivirus found in the next 12 months. And even if it is, it could be 12 months before it's distributed, right? Uh, my advice would be to be, you know, treat everybody as if they were a mother, brother or sister. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's I would do it now, and look, there'll be there'll be the non-believers. You're always going to get that, and look at their entitled opinion. I've no problem with that, and I wish to God that it, it doesn't happen to anybody. But there are people going to get this and going to die from it, and it's quite simple. Uh, people, it's and it's going to be down to the general public. To look, we all like to have a. We've all got friends. We'd like to spend time with. You know, it can be done in the right way too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you know? Like the, the, the gang, like, you know, you, you have 20, 30 in the house. So you saw there the news yesterday and today, one house party, six people, 30 infected. Yeah. yeah. You're not, you know, so like that's, them statistics don't lie. So for Absolutely. me, but I think if people are to social distance, to keep the numbers down, wear the mask, wash their hands, this won't be half as bad as what it, what it, what it could turn out to be eventually. Do you remember they, yeah. they were calling you? They were calling you the medical miracle, and there was reports saying that your file has been sent to so many scientists and doctors around the world. Is that the case, or was that just a rumor? I released. Uh, Vincent requested me to release my files to the Royal College of Surgeons in London, which I did. And only last Thursday we got a letter from them to say that with their findings, and their findings are what Vincent's have sent them that to be true. It's a first in the world ever situation. It has never happened before. It's been published on the Royal College of Surgeons website and it is being distributed to every university in the world. Well. And so yes. what have they found? What did they find or what did they learn from it? Did they, do you know that much or? No, they, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're going to study this now. This is to be studied in the medical world all over the world because it hasn't ever happened before. They can't give a valid formula as to why it happened. Like they gave me a lot of medication. Like Is that because you didn't have any underlying conditions. I had no underlying conditions. Um, it was the clock of the bell was the problem. The bell when the bell if the bell dies if it goes ischemic it does not repair. Yeah. So it it repaired. This has never ever happened in medical history before, right? So. Mm -hmm. They can't explain it, you know. They, 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 they're, they're putting it down to probably a combination of the different drugs they gave me. Now, I can't be certain of exactly what they gave me, but look, I know they gave me the malaria drug before I got the, the, the clot anyway. They, I think they gave me the Redemzibur as well, the one that's been tested in Oxford, right? Mm. Um, but to my knowledge, 
Now, I can't be 100% quoted on this, but to my knowledge, it's, it's in medical writing. But from what I got from, in layman's terms, they gave me multiple cirrhosis medication, heart and stroke victim medication, kidney liver failure medication, AIDS medication, cancer medication. So they threw the kitchen sink at me. Jesus, yeah. A combination of something worked, right? Plus, there's also, an, I, I'm not a religious person, but you have to believe in something. Like, this is, this is the part that's also important to me. I've already uh, made my thoughts very well clear about the medical staff, the nurses, consultants. Uh, they couldn't have done any more for me and my family. They were out of this world. But the local people, now, when I say local people, I don't just mean Roundwood. I mean Newtown, Lara, Animo, Ashford, Ratnew, Wicklow, Greystones, Kakul, Bray, Enniskerry. The whole of Wicklow, the whole of Leinster. Like, I'd mass said in six counties for me. You know? Um, people, the local, the local people here wish come up with cards, well-wishers, dropping stuff at the door, the butcher, food. Uh, there's a local guy, Andrew Holmes Catering, he's based in uh, Kilcool in Greystones. He's a couple of franchises and restaurants. Boxes of food every second week to the house. Pre-made. You know. Like, the support my family got and I got was unnatural. It was second to none. It was, I, I'll put it this way, I'll never be able to thank everybody. I never will. I'll never thank people enough for what they did for me and my family. You know, they right. kept them going. Yeah, they kept my family going. Like my wife and kids, they, for me, they're tough. To get through what they went through, they are tough. And I would like to say thank you to them because they were amazing. Like, I don't know how they did it. I just don't know. They were so strong, you know. Um to do what they did, to have to suffer what they did, to be told the things they were told, to come in to see their father lying. And you saw that, you probably saw the picture. It is, yeah, it's mm. mental. Yeah, like yeah. that's- I'm that, talking to you now, it's like, Jesus, what? Yeah, yeah, no, but look, listen, you know, people, people, people are still good, you know? You know, everyone's going, we're all going around our own little bubble. And we're all there. We're too busy to talk to people. We're too busy to stop and say hello. We're too busy to say, oh, geez, I wonder how he's, he's doing or how's his man keeping. Look, every, and we're all guilty of that. I yeah. was completely guilty of it. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It teaches you that people are still good and it restores your faith in humanity. That's because you get a certain sense of aspect of, of you know, and you're too busy to be worried about anybody else. That's, that's not what life's about. Do you know what I mean? You know, I can think, I, I can remember back to when I was a child and uh, where I'm living here now and I was here with my grandparents and all and my God, you know, if they saw the world today, they'd, they'd get back in the grave as quick as they got out of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, in, 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 people are gone a little bit and I think it's brought people back there to a little bit. You know, yeah. I think people realise the, the home values, you know, and, you know, different, it'll affect different, different people different ways. I'd like to think it affects, it, it will, it will, make people see things differently, you know? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there, there's definitely positives uh, in it, and I think people can find the positives in what we're all going through. And I think uh, your, your story, Mark, and, and the story with your family are, are definitely going to play a part in that. Um, so, well, I hope it's good anyway. I just hope people, and look at, I know, I, you know, everyone's not going to agree or not going to like my opinion, and that's okay, and I don't mind that, and I wouldn't, I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock them. But, I think, you know, 
unless it happens to you as well, it, that's, that's like, and, and I'd always be like that. I would have been like that myself. Yeah. You know? I'll believe it when I see it, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. a lot of the attitude at the moment as well. Oh, oh sorry, man. I think that's a lot of the attitude at the moment. I think a lot of people... Well, uh, look at people frustrated, especially yeah, the young people. Because they're locked up being caged, you know, and like they need their freedom, and I fully understand that. But it can be done more responsibly than they're doing it. So instead of having one house party with 25 people at it, have three with eight at it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's it. Like, everyone's getting tired. You can't do their normal things. Yeah, and, don't blame them. Like, I'm not blaming them. And I wouldn't blame them for a minute because I, I know what it was like to be 18, 19, 20, 21. And if you would have told me I had to stay in Darcy for three months and I cracked up, do you know yeah, the kind of way? Like, but I think I'd just be, I'd be terrified of one of these people turning around and having to go through what my family went around in two, in two months' time or six weeks' time. I just, I, if I hear an ambulance... Or when I hear the numbers, I guess I get a shiver. The hair stands up on me neck. Do you know, it's yeah. a horrible feeling. It's a horrible, horrible feeling. You know, and I, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I agree with you. I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. And no. look, fingers crossed, uh, things aren't aren't as bad as as they look. They will be during the winter. And as you were saying, there's definitely positives we can all take. Let's just hope it's not going to happen the way they're, they're expecting it. But yeah, you know. With it being the winter months, they're, they're going to get their regular stuff, and is this going to play a part? I think it will, you know. And I just, I would, I would, I would sympathise with anybody that has to go through this, and the nurses and staff and doctors and consultants in the hospitals. My God, what they went through! Like they were hit with a, they were hit with a wave. I think that's did. what the public need to concentrate on is is our health, our hospitals can't face this. They don't have the infrastructure. To deal with such a can such a virus, they're now than they were in March and April. That's for sure because they know what they, they know what they're dealing with. But are they ready for it? I don't know if they're ready for it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Well, look, Listen, Mark, that, it's been a pleasure talking to you. You're an absolute gentleman to give us your time. Or uh, no, absolutely no problem at all. Medical miracle. Good to talk to you again, Graham. That's it. Well, con- continue yeah. health. Continue health to you, Mark, and all the best to your family as well. Uh, and likewise, likewise to you guys. Likewise. Jesus, that's some story, you know? Yeah, it's like, and it, it was a great interview because we didn't, he, he, he's a good talker. He's a very, very good talker. And, you know, there was no, we didn't need to think of segues into a next question because he had it, he nearly had everything covered. Um, but it's it's just what he had to go through. like. And then, like he was saying there about, um, he did something with RTE recently and then there was a lot of, I suppose, want of a better term, trolls you know, comment and obviously trolls who are conspiracy theorists and giving them stick. I think, I think the better term there is arseholes. Yeah, absolute mm. fucking balance. Giving them stick, like, you know, and there will still be people, still be doubters that will say, uh, like a lot of the people that are saying reopen everywhere, every, it's grand, it's it's been exaggerated, uh, sure, it's underlining conditions. That like, th- There's a lot of people on my social media timeline that was saying, um, in June about the Black Lives Matter, that all lives matter. And yeah. now when you're trying to bring back some sort of restrictions to help everybody, including people with underlying conditions, um, it's like, oh no, um, let's reopen the place. Uh, we we all need to get it. Let's, let's almost take the herd immunity uh, approach. I mean, I just don't get these I people. Don't, I don't know. I know. And there's people who are making a big song and dance about the economy. And don't get me wrong. I mean, like we've we've just spent 
the, the half hour of this this podcast kind of trying to plug local businesses trying to plug places that you can go and spend a few quid and support them and it'll go a long way and i know the economy has to survive in some way shape or form but the economy means fuck all compared to people's lives at the end of the day. Exactly. Do you care about like, the economy when you just like, want to survive? Like the, the, the simple like fact Mark, here. Mark said there that he he was he was five percent chance of surviving. Yeah. Look, the simple fact here is this thing kills people, and if somebody's response to that is the elderly and the sick, then that person needs to put stones in their pockets and get in the fucking sea, because. Yeah dismissing a life based on the fact that they're elderly or they happen to be ill with some underlying condition is not a justification for you endangering them and endangering other people. Why do you think they have that attitude, though? Because they're arseholes. They're no, selfish. No, seriously, though. Seriously, though. Why yeah, do you think they... Selfish arseholes, man, who, for whatever reason, like, I, I can't... Look, I don't know. I don't know what their, their logic or what their mindset or whatever is. There are some people who will always, it doesn't matter what they see in front of them, they will always kick against it because they have to be contrarian or they have to be in some way controversial um, and they, they enjoy getting a reaction. There are but some the, people... What they're doing now as well, Danny, is that their they're, uh, weapon... I spoke about it before, I think, on the, on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're weaponizing suicide. They're weaponizing mental health. Yeah. And there's no correlation between the two. None. None. And look, and here's the other thing, right? And I'm, I'm not saying this to be snobby. I'm not saying this to, to be whatever. But lads, just because you read something from a fucking page on Facebook doesn't mean it's the truth. Mm. That, like, just genuinely... But check your sources. Like, this we had is, this over is a the fucking weekend. global pandemic. For God's sake, lads, don't be taking your news off fucking Johnny whoever that you're seeing a post on Facebook and you think... Or oh, DJ Spiral. Or DJ fucking Spiral. Like, lads, look... But see, Danny, this Don't. is the thing as well. People are taking, like, the, a video that was recorded in May had uh, circulated last weekend again on social media mm. from Professor Dolores Cahill, who yeah, is yeah. chairperson of the Irish Freedom Party, which is basically the Irish Nazi Party. Yeah, it is, um, yeah, yeah. So she's a chairperson of that. But they they see the word professor, right? And they're, everyone is fatigued about uh, the restrictions. Everyone wants to go back to normality. Mm. Nothing has changed, though, since March or April. The virus is still there. But in in for to, to justify their reason and, and also to justify their fatigue and tiredness of the restrictions, they see professor uh, before her name, Dolores, and they think, all right, um, this is a professor telling us this Maybe, maybe there's yeah. a bit of hope if we listen to her. But we, all the stuff that she says in the video, which I reluctantly watched, it's all, in, it's it's all. There's so many inaccuracies. She said about SARS, um, she said something silly about SARS that it spread all across the world. SARS did not spread all across the world. Look, we we talked about this. And but Danny, sorry, sorry. My yeah. point there at the end of that was, why are people dismissing her? political ideology as in very very far right like hitler why are they dismissing her ideology over her um anti-virus anti-lockdown anti-mask rhetoric when uh, the, the downside of social media graham is that you look for confirmation bias and you look for an echo chamber so you look for people who have a similar mindset to you and when you find somebody or not you specifically i'm using you generally there if if you happen upon somebody who would seem like they're an authorit- 
to figure on it in terms of their knowledge. You see something like professor, or you see something like doctor, or you see some sort of title before the name. Societal construct is that you're going to go, oh, they must know about this. Oh, they must be clever. They must, you know, I mean, Dr. Keira Kelly on News Talk, her opinion gets a lot more weight because she puts doctor in front of her name. She She's a GP. She's not an epidemiologist, right? It's like Professor, Tristan Harold Shipman, isn't it? I was going to say, well, yeah, I'm not drawing comparisons to Keira Kelly and Harold Shipman. No, but, you're no, <laughs> What you're saying, this is exactly what we talked about the other day. What you're saying is right in the sense of just because somebody has Professor beside their name, that's, it means they managed to pass a set of exams. It doesn't say anything about the moral of the person. It doesn't say anything about what their belief system is, or rather they believe in good or bad or right or wrong. Dr. Joseph Mengele was still a doctor. Dr. Harold Shipman, still a fucking doctor, you know? Like, don't put all your faith into a title. Put your faith into what seems right and good. And if somebody is telling you something that ultimately will lead to people dying and people being sick and recovering in a way that isn't going to be good or it may hurt other people, you have to question that. Why are you getting on board with that? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, fucking hell, lads. Anyway, look, it's not, thankfully, it's not the majority of people and whatever, but at the same time, at the same time, Mark's story hopefully will help people get a little bit of an understanding of just how fucking bad this thing is and this attitude of I don't know anybody who's had it and you know I, I, I don't know anybody who's been sick from it and that kind of thing it's ordinary people out there it's just ordinary bog standard Joe Soap trying to get on with their life who picks it up in some way shape or form it's not their fault it's no one's fault this thing is out there but just wear a mask wash your hands take care of yourself take care of everyone else That that's what this comes down to yeah absolutely very ranty there sorry yeah but sure that's it anyway if you want to listen to any of our back catalogue it's because I'm hungry now you see after talking yeah, about I'm hungry beautiful, well. beautiful local establishments that I would love to dip into right now if you want to listen to all our back catalogue other interviews um, you can search WTS pod on all podcast providers we're on twitter at WTS pod and you can get our website WTSpod.com He's at Dan Joe Murray on Twitter. He loves NBA. I'm at Mary Mania on Twitter. And I um, hate Fina Gale. Okay? Uh, until next time, clear can eyes. You, can you do them every week? Just when you're throwing off, just give a random fact about both of us. I love that. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. Who swing? Wash your hands.